Your call is now live. Hello, everybody. It's Patrick Conway down here in San Antonio, Texas. I am super excited to be on the call today. We're talking about something that I'm super passionate about, but I want to give you some journey behind where I come from, what I do, what my philosophy is on this year, what I think we should be doing, and ultimately give you some really tactics, uh, tactic-oriented things that you can actually implement to have your best year ever. I know there's a lot of doom and gloom out there. Stock markets all over the place. Interest rates are up. Now they're down again. Now they're going back up again. There's buyer uh, confidence might be going away. I hear some markets that days on market starting to double. And there's a lot of craziness out there. But I love that because when you're on this call, you're elite. And the elite people rise to the top. And all the onesie twosie people that have been getting into the industry, all the realtors, because we all know my brother's sister's wife's friend's cousin got into the business over the last couple of years, all those people will leave. So the true professionals come out to play right now. So it's the greatest time when the market starts shifting. I love it. That's when the true elite professionals make a ton of money. So I'm going to give you some mentality, some tactics on how to blow it up. So the way the call is structured, we got Stephanie, who's the moderator. She's awesome. She's taking care of us today. So what I'm going to do is I have three or four main bullet points that we're going to be talking about. After I talk about that main bullet point, I'm going to pause, and y'all will be able to ask a question. So if you have a question, write it down and wait until I prompt you. And when you have a question, you hit star one. When you hit star one, you're going into a question queue where just you and Stephanie are talking. She's going to get your name, what your question is, and all that stuff, and then she'll open it up for you and I to talk. So when you have a question, you write it down. At the end of every bullet point, I'm going to open it up for Q&A where you can hit star one to talk to Stephanie and get into the question queue and talk to me directly. So I actually started with the core right in 2012. I started going to summits. What's really cool about that is in 2012, I became a realtor. So I haven't been a realtor for too long. And luckily for me, I paid attention to the great coaches in my life. They told me what to do. They told me how to do it. And I'm dumb enough not to think about it and just go ahead and do it. So I think that might be why I'm successful, because I'm not that smart, and I just do what I'm told. So luckily for me, in my first year, I got exposed to the relationship marketing and the normal concepts of what the core talks about. So writing a letter of the heart every single month, um, which I'll explain about in a little bit. Having a database of 300 people that I loved on, that I called and mailed and visited as much as possible. Just doing some simple tactics that, that the core talks about. In 2012, I was actually um, Rookie of the Year in my marketplace, and I did 43 transactions for about $10 million in volume. My problem was I wasn't a business person yet because I wasn't actually getting coached in level three. So I walked around thinking I made about $200,000 when I didn't really know about a P&L of expenses. Once I started figuring that stuff out, I actually realized that I only made $80,000. So I was super screwed up. I had IRS debt. I had American Express calling me every day, turning off my credit cards. I was in horrible shape. So I said, hey, I can't afford not to jump into level three coaching. Thank God I did. So in 2013, I jumped into level three coaching. I had Rita, I had Kendra, I had Dayton, I had all the big people making sure that I was doing what I was supposed to, and I had tremendous growth. In my second year of real estate, my first full year of being coached, I managed to help 106 families for about $26 million in volume, and I made taxable income of about 300000 
Since then, the ride's been awesome. I've learned how to delegate, I've learned how to leverage my time with employees, and I've mastered my time management. With those three things, which I'm gonna be talking about today, we fast forward to today, I have a 16-person team, we do a little north of 80 million, we do about 300 deals per year, and this is the first year ever I broke a million. Just unbelievable ride. So, I was in coaching in 2014 and I was blowing up. And Kendra is coaching me at the time. And I started working on getting 1% better. Um, basically, what I wanted to do is enhance the client experience. Um, I just came off one of my best months I've ever had. It was the first time I ever closed more than 20 deals in one month. And after expenses, I actually made $100,000 in one month. It was unbelievable. I was like, I didn't even know that existed. I was pumped up. I was so excited. And I said, man, I just want to enhance my client experience. So I started working on some transactional detail things, and I was working on them for a whole week. I turned in my greatness tracker, and my prospecting was a little off. And Kendra started yelling at me. And I said, why are you yelling at me? I just came off my best month. She's like, yeah, you just came off your best month, but you're not doing the activities that got you to that best month. And I said, well, what do you mean? She said, well, tell me this. How many hours did you work last month when you made that $100,000? And at the time, I was detailed enough in my calendar to go back, and I worked 242 hours, and I did the math on it, and it was right at about 50 hours a week. And I said, I worked 224 hours in that month. She said, okay, uh, how much money did you make? And it was a little north of 100 grand. I can't remember the exact number. And I told her that. And she's like, well, do the math on that. So we did the math on it. So basically, she was figuring out what I was worth per hour during that month where I had my best month of all time. And I did the math, and it came out to $660. Now, I'm a little bit dumb, so she had to explain it to me. She's like, in that month, you literally were worth $660 per hour. And I was like, wow. I don't even think doctors make that kind of money. So she said, now you're working on these little transactional things which won't move the needle or produce any income or make you any money. And I said, wow, you're right. And I think just because it was easy math, she kind of broke it down to the ridiculous and said, hey, what did you make per minute? And I said, well, I don't know. So 660 is what I made per hour. I divide that by 60 to get the minutes, and I'm so dumb I had to break out my calculator for that, but it actually equals 11. So I said, that's 11. I said, what does that mean? She's like, Literally in that month where you made 100 grand, six figures in one month for the first time ever, you literally made $11 a minute. And I was blown away. So I sat there and I'm sitting on my computer screen and in the little bottom right hand corner where this time says 208, when it clicks over to 209, every single day I'm at work and I see that minute change, I think to myself, wow, did I just earn the $11 per minute that I earn when I'm doing the right things in real estate? So my mentality ever since then is to make sure that I'm doing the $11 a minute activities and not the $11 an hour activities. So what that simply means to me is delegation and team. Now we've got a lot of different people on the call. Some of you guys might have big teams. Some of you might have small teams and some of you guys are sole practitioners. But wherever you're at, I'm going to tell you the concept behind team. Anytime you find yourself not doing the $11 a minute activities, you probably should be hiring somebody. And just because it's easy math, I know marketplaces are a little bit different. So if you're in California or Seattle or the expensive places, it might not be $11 an hour, but I'm going to call it $11 an hour so you know what I'm talking about. So $11 a minute stuff. 
What does that look like? For me, that's any kind of prospecting activity. So for me, that would be the number one greatest thing that I could ever do with my time is go on a listing appointment. Number two would be showing a house or doing a buyer's consultation. Number three would be meeting with the referral partner face-to-face. -face. Number four would be talking to somebody in my database or talking to a business partner and adding value to their life, giving them a referral or getting a referral. Number six would be going to a marketing networking event and meeting some new people. So these are all prospecting activities that I could do, which are enhancing the relationships, the deep relationships that I have, asking for business, meeting new people, meeting new relationships, or literally selling houses or helping people buy houses. So those are the activities that I deem $11 per minute worthy. In a perfect world, we would just do that activity all the time, and we would crush it, and we would make an unreal, unrealistic amount of money. Now, is it realistic to do that if you're a sole practitioner? No. Because you have to keep track of the details and make sure that you're delivering that proactive communication, or else your clients will hate you and you'll never get referrals. So when you find yourself doing two to three deals every single month consistently, and you start saving money, Around here in the core, we make our dashboard, and we save 20% of whatever we made. So if you're saving 20% consistently, you're doing at least three deals every single month, you hire your first employee. In real estate, your first employee, around here in the core, we call them an RP1, a Realtor Partner 1. Your first employee should be a transactional coordinator. So all of the transactional details from contract to close. Because I can tell you $11 a minute does not mean let me call the survey company and make sure they get out there and do that survey. Or let me try to negotiate this inspection report. Or let me hunt down where the option and earnest money are. Or let me tell the title company to schedule the closing. All those things are important to the process and it's important to deliver great communication to your client, but those don't move the needle. Those are not the $11 a minute mentality things that we're doing. Those are the $11 an hour that you can pay somebody to pick up the phone and schedule a closing. So that is your first hire. The next hire that I'd like to make, so we're starting to do three deals consistently a month. We're making our money. We're focusing on doing prospecting. We understand the $11 a minute mentality, and we're trying to delegate some of the things where we're not making $11 a minute to our new employee who's taking care of all of the transactional details. So for me, that transactional detail, RP1, takes care of everything from contract to close with a detailed checklist. And if you guys don't have one, my checklist that my team uses is literally at the core concierge. She'll give them a call, and they will provide my checklist to you. It's very, very simple and it's in chronological order, and every single day my RP1 comes in, and they just try to go down the list and make sure the next check gets checked off for the day. So you all pick up that from the concierge if you need it. After we're doing that, um, that, that RP1 transaction coordinator should free you up to continue to do those $11 a minute things where you're prospecting and you're starting to gain more momentum and you're starting to do more deals. So when you start doing six deals a month, then you can hire your next RP1. So your first hire is an RP1 that takes care of the contract to close. Your next hire is an RP1 that takes care of marketing things for you. So what that person does is they help you manage your database of people. Around here we have three lists that we work off of. 
We work off a VIP list, all the people that are super important in our life that have the capacity to send us lots of leads and lots of deals. They're wealthy, they're influential, they're awesome in our life, and we know them on a deep level. We want to make sure we're taking great care of them. Then we have another list of all of our favorite people, our favorite past clients, our best friends, our best business partners. They're all on this list, our favorite people. Now, they're not necessarily a VIP because maybe they don't have the capacity to send us a whole bunch of leads, but they would for sure send us one closed deal per year. And then everybody else. For me, everybody else is they have to pass the grocery store test. So the grocery store test, if I'm walking down the aisle and my friend Bo Vasquez is walking down the aisle, I say, Bo, how you doing? He'll say, Patrick, what's up? So I know you. I recognize you. I can call you by name. We're in relationship. I have a lot of realtors that have 5,000-person databases, and I disagree with that. I think that's good, but I think that's a farm. So for me, I work off the three lists. I have a VIP list. I have my favorites list, and I have everybody else. So this marketing person will manage those lists and make sure all the names and all the data is on there. So for the data that I want on there, I need obviously their name, their cell phone number, their birthday, their physical address. And then what this marketing person does is helps you stay on purpose in relational activities with these people. So what they're going to do is send an evidence of success postcard out that shows that you're a professional realtor. Everybody gets that, all three lists. This person would also send a letter of the heart. For me, my letter of the heart, the deepest people in my life get that. So all my VIPs, all my favorite people, those two lists get that letter of the heart. And the letter of the heart is me talking about what's going on in my life. People like to do business with people they know, like, and trust. So I like to write a letter of the heart once a month about the most important thing that's happening in my life outside of real estate. I try to be real and share pain in this letter. I try to put some pictures on there. If you know anything about me, I've got two knucklehead twin boys that are 15 months old, and I have a four-year-old daughter. So I've got a crazy story every single day to tell. So I write about them often. I do a happy hour once a month for all my great clients, so my VIPs, my favorite clients, anybody that's in process with us, they get invited to a happy hour. We go out. I really like and enjoy Miller Lite, so I'm really good at a happy hour, so it's something that speaks to me. But we have a lot of people show up to the happy hour once a month. We do it, and it's a really, really fun thing for me. So the details of these happy hours and where we're going to do it and trying to get a special deal from the management at the place, getting the invites out, who gets the invites, um, making sure that we execute a poker chip. Everybody that walks through the door gets two poker chips from us because we'll buy them two drinks. We don't want people getting too rowdy. So these are all things that are executed by that RP1 marketing person. So time to, to review here, first person we hire when we're doing at least three deals is that RP1 contract to close. I have my checklist that literally you can get from the concierge if you don't have one. And then number two, I hire another RP1 that takes care of the marketing stuff, making sure our details of lists are there, making sure that we're doing everything on purpose in terms of a letter of the heart, in terms of an evidence of success postcard, making sure we're doing a monthly happy hour. These are all things that the details can be controlled and done by the $11 an hour people. So you're not doing those details, so you can continue to do the $11 a minute stuff. So that's what's all about delegation, letting go of some of those details that the hourly people can handle in your life. They're very, very important. The details are super important, but I can tell you if someone can do it 80% as good as you, you should hire them to do that because you don't want to be stuck in that $11 per hour task. You want to be stuck doing those $11 a minute tasks 
uh, tasks where you can really move the needle and make just an unfathomable amount of money. So for right now, I've gone over a lot of stuff. I've gone over some journey. I've gone over what my mentality means around $11 a minute. And I've also gone over a bunch of delegation and who we should start hiring right out of the gate to help us stay in those green time activities. So what I want to do is open it up for questions. If you have any questions on any of that stuff, just hit star one. Stephanie will pull you aside. She'll get your name, and then she'll open you up to me. So you have a question, hit star one. Don't be scared. I like questions. It's okay to hit star one. So I'll give you 30 seconds or so to regroup, figure out your question, and hit star one. Stephanie, let me know if anybody's in there. We do have several guests in queue. Give me just one moment, please. Several questions. I like it. Active participation. That's what it's all about. Okay. Our first question comes from Beth. Your line is open. Beth, how are you? Hi, I'm great. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Great. Um, my question is, how do you track your time? Because I've had a hard time trying to do that myself when, you know, always multitasking or I feel like I lose so much time just in, or not, I shouldn't say lose time, but spend a lot of time just on replying to emails and I have no idea how I would Ooh. track all that. That is tough. Time, mastering time is one of the biggest things that's going to be a struggle for a realtor that we ever have. So I'm always working on my time. As soon as I said it at the beginning of the call, I almost wanted to take it back because I said I was a master of my time, and that's totally a lie. So Kendra coaches <laughs> me. She yells at me all the time about how I do not manage my time very well. So I can tell you it takes lots of practice. And the other thing I can tell you, have you ever worked on a time-blocking calendar? Um. I do try to block time on my calendar. I don't know if that's cool. the same thing. I use my Google yep. calendar. So I'm going to actually, uh, one of the bullet points that we're talking about today, the third bullet point is all about time management. So I'm going to give you some good tactics. But time blocking your calendar and making sure that you're doing the most important things first. So one thing that I can tell you is there's a lot of things that we need to accomplish per day. The most important things for me are one of two things the things that make me the most money or the things that make uh, that save me the most time. So when I'm looking at my list of stuff to do, I do those items first. So if it saves me a bunch of time and makes me a lot of money, I do that first. Mm -hmm. So I'll get to some of the other tactics on uh, time blocking and what we can do, but there's an exercise that we teach at the core, and it's a calendar uh, Monday through the weekend. Um, so there's six boxes and it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and the weekend. And it starts at about 7 a.m. and finishes at about 8 p.m. And the first things that I do in this is I put in my start time every day and my end time every day, which is very important. The next things I do is I put in all of my green time activity, those $11 per minute activities. So I'm talking about times where I can go on listing appointments, times where I can on purpose prospect and call all of my builders and my business partners and my past clients. So I start with things like that. Um, we're going to get into time, so I'm going to dive into a whole bunch of that stuff, and we'll talk about it for a good 15 minutes here at the end of the call. So you might have another question that you can queue in, but give me a second to elaborate because I'm going to talk a big bullet point all about time, okay? Okay, great. Thank you. Cool. Stephanie, who's next? Our next question does come from Christine. Your line is open. Christine. Hi, thank you so much. 
Hi, thank you so much for your time. This has been a great call. So our question is um, out in the Seattle market. Uh, my sister and I are a two-person team. We do have a part-time hire that does our admin um, support work, like our you know Mailchimp newsletter, our just list is just sold, um, things like this, and incredibly helpful. Awesome. However, um, being a level one core student, we're gearing up to do our first RP1. The goal is June 2019. So my question specifically is. In your opinion, do you feel like you need to have, like, that person's whole year salary in place to feel ready and safe, or do you pull the trigger after, like, a 30, 60, 90-day amount of money just to get the ball rolling to get making more money quicker? Well, what does your business look like? How many deals do you do per year? Um, we usually, let's see, the, most of the years we do anywhere from 40 to 50. That's good. So you're doing four deals a month. Do you do four deals a month pretty consistently, or do you have months where you literally close zero deals? We have been consistent. However, we're coming off of the last quarter of being um, feeling in the deficit and a bit nervous. That's why we're trying to kind of get our head around how to pull the trigger on this. So the answer is typically, but we're coming off of very slow three months. Cool. Every single time I hire people, Still today, I have 16 people. I have over a million in the bank. I make a ton of money. Every single time I hire somebody, I get the shakes and I'm nervous and I always doubt it for half a second. And as soon as they come on board and they start working, what ends up happening is things come off of my plate. We end up taking better care of the client and I'm doing way more prospecting activities so we just naturally start doing more business. And I gain some more of my time back. And every time yeah. I hire that person, right when I'm offering the job, I am so scared. But I have faith around what the core is preaching, the processes and the systems that we have, and I dive into that, and I dive in with a bunch of faith. And 30 days later, I always tell myself, man, I wish I would have hired them earlier. Yep. So my okay. advice to I, you I is if you have um, whatever – uh, it's going to end up costing, like obviously it costs money to run your business. I don't know if you're on a P&L yet, but whatever it costs you to run your business, and then you also want to add this person's salary. So if you're going to pay them, for example, $4,000 a month, if it's costing you ten grand to run your business right now, what I'd like you to have is 14000 set aside um, as a zero mark. So if you have mm -hmm. that as liquid money, one month supply of everything that it costs you to run the business, hire yeah. them. Got it. Thank Makes you sense. so much. That's exactly what I needed to hear. Thank you for your time. Cool. Okay. Stephanie, who's next? Next, we do have Ty. Your line is open. Ty, birthday boy, Ty? Patrick Conway, Ty, birthday boy. Happy birthday to you. It's my best singing oh, voice, man. baby. What's up? <laughs> awesome, brother. Super stoked. This year, this semester, man, pleasure to be on this call. So honored, dude. Man, cool. listen, the tips you have been given is great. You know, you touched on VIPs and how you go about the happy hours and stuff like that. I'm just trying to figure out how to go deeper with these VIPs to where it's not so robotic, right, that you're on the call on Mondays just asking for business all the time. What is it? Cool. So Ty is uh, everybody on the call. Ty is a high-level guy, level three student for a while. Um, the guy makes half a million dollars. He has a huge, huge awesome, dialed-in team. He's got it going on. So he's asking about how do I go deeper with VIPs. So VIPs are the most important people in your life. They're super awesome, connected. They're wealthy. They're movers and shakers in your town, and they can influence you a bunch. So to go deeper with them, um, a couple of things. What I found at Ty's level, 
is sometimes we get confused and we think that quantity over quality. Well, we're always thinking about quality, but sometimes we're like, to move the needle and get more business and to make it happen and to compete with everybody else and to make a million dollars, we got to have a whole bunch of people. So what ends up happening is we have this mentality where we speed up our conversations and we're in and out really quick. And we're trying to figure out like, hey, how you doing? Okay, how's your family? Okay, great. Can you send me some business? Okay, bye. Right? So I don't know if you're doing that, Ty, but I got caught in that big time. So when I'm talking to my VIPs or I'm really talking to anybody, my rule is I got to tell myself all the time, three questions, three questions, three questions. So every time we're talking, I make sure to ask them three questions. When they bring up a topic, I want to ask three questions about that topic. Right? So if I ask them how their family's doing, they're like, oh, my son's just dominating a basketball. They're like, oh, what position does he play? How many points did he score the last game? Does he have ambitions to play in college? Right? So that would be three questions. I go a little bit deeper. So I think that's a huge thing. The other thing is chase what you want. So I have VIPs in my life. I have wish list VIPs or a whale list, like big, gigantic people. So uh, Ty is out there in Houston. I'm a short drive down I-10, three hours away in San Antonio. My wish list forever was Greg Popovich. I said was because I met the guy. So I have to tell you that I, he was on my list for a long time. I was chasing him down, and I was not scared to go after the big fish. So he ended up being at a place that I was at. I immediately went up to him, and I just treated him like a normal guy. So sometimes there's big whales, big VIPs in our marketplace, big business owners, and sometimes we're like, I'm just a little lonely realtor. What do I have to offer them? Well, you need to have faith in your own skills and know that you are the baddest, best realtor of all time, and they need to know me. So when you have that mentality and you're going in there being genuine and grateful to the opportunity to meet whoever it is or talk to them, you'll go in there and make sure you always ask three questions and it'll enhance your relationships for sure. Love it. And we can dive into Love a it. whole bunch more than that because Ty is actually my student this semester. So I appreciate it, man. Stephanie, who's next? Okay, next we do have Rika. Your line is open. Uh, hi Rika. there. I just wanted to ask, hi there. Happy New Year. Um, oh, thank you. For your prospecting activity, the five prospecting activities, What I just want to clarify what three, four, and five were. Three was meet with referral clients face-to-face. It was four calling your database. Oh, geez. So number one for me would be, um, I know I started listing them off, and I think I didn't go in order, but number one by far would be a listing appointment. Number two would be a buyer's consultation. Number three would be actually showing a house. Number four would be meeting with a referral partner, so either a business person or a builder. Number five would be contacting and calling my database. So those are like the top five things that I would deem prospecting activities. There's more than that, but those are the top five. Got it. And then one other really quick one. For your EOS, you send that to your entire 400. I know that um, the course is 50 VIP, 50. So you you send that to your entire 400? Yep. So I have uh, actually have another cheat list that I'll tell you about that I think is really important. Um, But I have a VIP list of 72 I have a favorites list of 55. My EOS list of everybody else, I just call it Demon EOS, um, is 393 people. And then I have a target list. So I have a list of anybody that I meet like, oh, man, I really want to be in that person's life, but they're not in my life yet. So I'm going to put them on a list and I'm going to chase them. So all of those people get my EOS. What about your farm? Because I have a farm that we've been sending EOS to, but we haven't been sending EOS to the people we know. We That'd be great. I have a I have a farm. Uh, I farm a thousand houses, and the farm gets stuff related to that community. Just sold, um, just listed, market update, 
uh, quarterly review on the neighborhood, how many houses sold, all those different things. So um, you could call it geographic and evidence of success because you're just successful in that community, but it's more geared towards that community. But yeah, that would also be very similar. Okay, great. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does. Cool. Thanks. Anybody else, Steph? Yes, it looks like we yeah. do have a follow-up from Christine. Your line is open. Christine's getting greedy over here with two questions in the same <laughs> segment. I'm just kidding. What's happening? Okay. Oh, did she hang up? I was just kidding. Okay, she's looks ask like, questions. Well, she, 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 <laughs> Sorry, like, guys, that was a mistake. I don't have a follow-up. Sorry. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> I scared her off. I was just kidding. All right, we Stephanie, do we have, anybody else? <laughs> yes, we do have a question from Mike. Your line is open. Mike. Hey, how are you? I'm doing good. Question. Good. Question for you on the letter of heart. Um, I've seen different things on the core. I'm level one. I've seen different people talk about mm -hmm. sending out an actual letter. I've seen people talk about emailing. I've seen people do videos. What are mm -hmm. your thoughts on the on the proper way to do that? The email and the video is an extension of you actually writing the letter. So it's a supplement, and it's in addition to. Okay. So the number one thing that you do when you implement a letter of the heart is you write a letter from your heart about things that are going on. So don't make the mistake that I did when I first started writing it, because the first time I ever wrote one, me and my wife just got back from our one of the coolest vacations we ever took. Um, we went to Costa Rica, five-star resort. I learned to surf, and I was talking about all this stuff. Sent the letter out, and I got no response. And I said, this doesn't work. I'm just going to talk about how great in real estate we are. So I talked about closing 20 deals, and it was the best month we ever had, and I wrote that out as a letter of the heart, which is a huge mistake, and I got no response. And if you know anything about me, I already talked about my kiddos. They're awesome in my life. Right about that same time, me and my wife found out that we were probably not going to have kids. And we were forced to go through something called in vitro and IVF and surgeries, so I started writing about that. I put it in the mail. The next day, I got a bunch of calls. The next day, I got like 50 calls. It was amazing. So when I actually became real and I shared some pain and people didn't read a letter about how great Patrick Conway is and they read letters like, wow, Patrick Conway has more problems than me. This is great. I'm going to call him. So you write about things that you share some pain and you're being real and you physically write the note. I type it up and we print it out 393 times or however many we send out um, and I sign them. So if I send out a letter, I just sign it, but it's all the same letter. And if I include pictures, it becomes better. On top of that, you can send the letter and do a, a video. The email okay. thing I don't think is super effective. How um, how slick do you get with the letters? Do you, it sounds like you just handwrite them or type them, and type you it. don't even put their individual name on it. It's just a standard letter to everyone, and you sign each one? Standard letter, I sign it, and it goes out. Okay. So okay. what's really great about me and what's kept, uh, kept me kind of successful, I think, is that I don't overthink things and I keep things really simple. Some people get beat up like, well, if it doesn't have their name on there, I mean, are they really going to read it? Are they going to open it? What does it look? I don't really think about that stuff. I write the letter, I send it out, I get a really good response. Mm -hmm. Do you put it on letterhead or just a, just a sheet of paper? I put it on a sheet of paper, but I always include pictures. If you can do some kind mm -hmm. of uh, watermark paper, it's always better. I know the core. Uh, in level three, we send out... Uh, coach of the month litter of the heart, which is always great. And that's always the core doesn't really fancy. And if it's uh, October time, they'll have like a pumpkin in the background or something like that on the paper. So that yeah. could be a step up. But for me, 
generic piece of paper, really great letter sharing, some real pain and some real stuff, and some pictures. So I get them every single time. I, I, I had to put my dogs down in October, so I wrote about me and my dogs and the journey that we were on in my 14-year-old lab, and I had pictures of my lab. I got a ton of calls, man. <laughs> awesome. So that's what it's all about. All cool? Right. Thank you, Patrick. Yep. Who's next? At this time, there at this time there are no additional callers in the question queue. Actually, right. we do have a caller that just rejoined oh, the right. queue, we and that's brave Bart. That's Bart. Barton, your line is open. Barton. Hey, Patrick. Thank you so much. Rock and call, man. Appreciate it. Right on. Yeah. So, a quick question would just be the concierge. You refer to the concierge, so we can get um, a little insight uh, about your practical and a checklist. Could you share a little bit more? Uh -huh. and tell us how to get. Yep. You got a pen. Yep, we do. Thank you. 800-660-6670. It says, on Patrick's open line call, and I need, I need the checklist, and they'll give it to you. Great. Great. Cool. Excellent. 660 Yep. Cool. Thank you so much, Patrick. Yep. No problem. Right. Bye. Anybody else? All right, I think I'm clear to go to the next one. I'm good, Stephanie? Yes, actually, we do have a follow-up from Rika. Your line is open. Oh, all the follow-up questions. When I say I said one per segment. I'm just kidding. Okay, okay, okay. Really quick, I'm just blown away because we've sent out one letter of the heart, and we um, hired a company to print them and stuff them for us. But when okay. you just said you sign all of them, does your RP1s then – fold them and stuff them themselves? Yep. So I've got a big, huge staff. I've got 16 people that work for me. So I've got an entry-level runner person, and we take care of that. So okay. I've got the capacity to do that kind of thing. When you hire an RP1 and they're doing stuff for you and they're the transactional person, maybe they're also the envelope stuffer for the 200 envelopes you send out, right? Okay. So I like, to, I like to keep things in-house because I'm already paying the staff. I wouldn't have to pay them extra for that thing. So sometimes I just tell every person that I ever hire, here's your main three job duties, but there's another 300 that I'm going to ask you to do. But make sure you master the top three, and then you're flexible with everything else because I'm going to throw stuff at you, and together we're going to grow and dominate the real estate industry one house at a time. Make sense? Got it. Yep. Thank cool. you. So if I have the capacity to do those things, I don't want to hire some other company to do it. I'll keep it in-house. Way cheaper. And then you control everything. Okay. Perfect. Thank you. Cool. Yeah. Stephanie? Okay. At this time, there are no additional callers in the question queue. All right. I like all the participation. Thank you. So when we start hiring people, then we're able to leverage ourselves even more. So at a certain point, you start doing three deals a month, six deals a month, nine deals a month. Last year, we did 299 deals, almost 25 a month. It's a lot of deals. It would be impossible for me to do all that by myself. So as I started hiring more people, that's great. So I'm leveraging and I'm delegating the transactional details to really take it to the next level. So people like Ty who are on the call and they're already dominating, they need to figure out how to leverage themselves. Leveraging yourselves and getting lots of great referral partners in a room at one time or lots of great past clients in the room at one time are huge opportunities for you. Because if you can get a whole bunch of people at a lunch together or you can go to lunch one-on-one, -on -one, what's more effective? 
the one-on-one is super effective, but if I can have four or five great referral partners and be a connector and see them all at one, one lunch, that's probably a little bit better use of my time. And that's where I really start making the $11 a minute. So ways to leverage yourself is some of the next hires that you have are RP2s or Realtor Partner 2s. For me, those are sales people that work directly for me. So the two best models is I hire a salesperson who's a showing assistant. So instead of me going out there and hitting the pavement and showing the out-of-town buyer 30 homes on the weekend, I do a half-hour buyer's consultation, make sure that I know everything about them, make sure I have a clear painted picture about what it is that they're looking for, and then I introduce them to my showing assistant who's going to run around and be the taxi service and open the doors. Once they identify the house, I will negotiate that deal, and instead of me taking 30 hours to show them houses, I took a half-hour buyer's consultation and a half-hour negotiation. So that's a huge leverage of my time, RP2 showing assistance. The next, I have about 50 listings out there. So we get a bunch of sign calls. So I have some RP2s in my life that I've hired that are realtors that are looking for leads. Now, by no means would I ever hand them over one of my great buyers from my database or a builder or a business partner, but I do hand them every single sign call or internet hit. I pay them a salary, they work directly for me, they pound the pavement, and they make sure that they're seeing these people and trying to sell them houses. So that's a big leverage for me to continue to do some of the cold business and I don't touch it because I don't like 4% conversion rate. I like the 40% warm conversion rate. So that's where I live, but I do have that person to leverage my time in the cold lead segment. Other things that I do to get a lot of people in the room, I do lunch and learns once a month. I've done new home buyer seminars, I've gotten with my insurance people and I've done a why rent you should buy seminar and I get all of the rental insurance people an invite from my insurance person and they fill the room and I talk about buying houses. I bring in my lender to that. Uh, I coach for other business people. So I bring in all my business people and I'll teach them on a P&L or a personal budget. I get them into the room. We have a lunch and learn. I also go to my builders. I go to my builders and I go to their model home and I'll give a topic similar to what I'm coaching you guys on, and I'll bring a bunch of realtors to their office or their model home or their neighborhood, and we'll do a lunch and learn there. So I'm leveraging my time and making sure that I'm a value to everyone. Another way to leverage your time, we already kind of mentioned it. Um, can't remember who asked me at the time, but uh, they asked me about videos. Videos are a huge leverage of your time. So in addition to sending the letter of the heart out, uh, Ben Wilson, one of our coaches, does an absolute amazing job doing a video of his letter of the heart and actually explaining it and talking about it on video, and it is awesome. Uh, process videos are huge. When I'm doing 25 deals a month, I struggle all the time to stay in front of them. I don't want them to feel like they're doing business with Conway Realty Group. I want them to feel like they're doing literal business with Patrick Conway, me, myself, and I. And that's tough to accomplish. Easier to accomplish when they're getting a lot of process videos from me. So we just kind of started this new, uh, we're, we're rolling out new videos this week where it's me talking and describing about different um, sections of the contracts. So for example, when they pass the option period, they get a video from me about what's the next steps. When they get a week out from closing, what are the next steps? And it's me on a video that they can hit play on and it feels like they're having a relationship with me. So that's really, really good way to leverage your time. Also, I have 393 people on my EOS database list. I do a market update once a month about what's going on in the marketplace. 
Uh, right by my office, we have a ton of construction going on. They've got gigantic flyover highways happening. So I'm in some of those text dot meetings, making sure that I can give people an update on what's happening with the roads and the traffic flows. I'm talking about different interest rates or what's happening in our market. Why are the days on market going up? What's happening in this specific pocket? Whatever's going on, I just give a quick market update and 393 people get a video about me talking about real estate or what's happening. So really, really good things to do. We already talked about a geographic farm. I think that's a great way to leverage um, yourself. So I've got a thousand house geographic farm. I do extra things here because I live in the area. I'm a member of the HOA. I do all of the events. They get once a month a newsletter about what's selling, what's happening in the community, and it's deemed, uh, it's, it's marketed with all of my stuff. In addition to that, anytime we have a listing or a sold, we send out a small postcard that goes to them as well. And then we always have listings in that neighborhood, but mandatory if it's an open house or not an open house, I don't care. We put bandit signs in the neighborhood all over the place. So we will literally have bandit signs that point to the houses that are for sale on the weekends if it's having an open house or not. So they see a few postcards of, uh, a month from me. They get a newsletter from me, physical in the mail, all that stuff. They see me at the HOA meetings. They know that I live in the area. They see my bandit sign with my face and name on there all every single weekend. So for me, all those things are probably Frisbees in the trash until they're ready. And when they're ready, they're like, who's that guy, that, that crazy guy that keeps sending us all the stuff? He's like the guy that sells all the houses in here, so we probably should use him. So a really, really good way to leverage yourself with a thousand different households. If you're going to do a geographic farm, you have to get that involved. And you have to have a budget where you can do it consistently and mail out to them at least once a month, consistently without fail, or else you just threw all your money in the trash. So I wouldn't, if you're not doing a geographic farm right now, literally you have to have a 12-month worth of budgeting to make sure that you can do it for 12 months without fail because that's about how long it takes to get some results. But great investment, and once you're doing it consistently, uh, the results will come. Totally, totally worth it. Uh, the last thing of leverage that I can tell you about and um, something that's the, probably the most important and the most simple and basic thing that we do is a five-day calling plan, the five-day calling plan. So we talked about time blocking of a calendar, and we talked about what are the most important things to do. So what we do is every single day, Monday through Friday, we have a theme behind who we are calling. So Mondays, I'm calling all of my VIPs. On Tuesdays, I'm calling all of my current clients, active listings, listings under contract, buyers in the car, and buyers under contract. Wednesdays, I'm calling every single lead, all of the leads that haven't bought or haven't sold or haven't called the cops yet and told them to stop calling me. Thursdays, I call uh, two different categories. I call my favorites list, and then I call a letter of the week. So the favorites list is that list that I've already described. And then I have my database list of 393 people. And what I do is one week I'll call the A's, second week I'll call the B's, third week I'll call the C's, and so on. So that way there's 26 letters in the alphabet and 52 weeks in a year. So everybody will get two calls from me on that generic database. Fridays, I call what I call, I already kind of mentioned it to you, a target list. But it's really just a list of business partners and builders that I really like and I want to get in relationship with. So I call all those guys on Fridays trying to set up appointments for the next week. 
So I stick with that five-day calling plan, and I blow up. If I actually do it and I stay on purpose and I do an hour to two hours every single day and I call that theme day and I'm calling those people with passion and excitement and I'm making sure I'm asking them three questions and I have a result in mind, I'm dominating. So that will lead me to time management. But before I get there, I want to talk and open it up a little bit with Stephanie. Again, you can hit star one and um, ask a question based on anything that we just talked about, lunch and learns, Builder models, videos, RP2s, leveraging your time with salespeople that work for you, geographic farms, or uh, anything related to time management we'll actually get to here in a second. But if you have a question, hit star one. We'll talk about some of those topics, then we'll move on to the next, which is time management. So, Stephanie, let me know when somebody gets in there. I'll give you all 30 seconds to get queued up here. Okay, we do have a follow-up from Barton Smith. Your line is open. Barton. Hey, Patrick. Thanks much. Um, so, real quick, this might be going down to the minutia too much, but, man, i got to get out of my own way and do what you said. Just follow what somebody else tells you to do. Just do it. But so mm -hmm. my issue is that on Mondays, my calls on Mondays, I dig on calling the people that I know are out looking at open houses. So I dig on calling the actives and the status okay. calls on Monday. Mm -hmm. Um, and okay. then VIPs on Tuesday or Wednesday. Is there, do you, I mean, do you see an issue with that, or so just, what do you think? Well, I think the people that move the needle for me most are my VIPs, my best business partners, my best builders, my best past clients that get it and send me a ton of referrals. So I want to call those guys on Monday because they just got done with a weekend of fun stuff and seeing a bunch of people. So I ask them about their weekend, and a lot of times they'll say, oh, you know what, I did run into so-and-so, and I think they might be interested in selling their house. So for me, it's most effective to call the VIPs on a Monday. That's a Roger. Thank you. The other thing that I want to do is there's a book out there in the universe called Chop Wood and Carry Water by a guy named Medcalf with a D, Medcalf. And uh, Rick had an assignment for all of us in Level 3 to read this book, and it's basically a apprentice learning from a sensei. And each chapter of the book is amazing, but what's interesting about the book is each chapter – uh, the apprentice, his name is John, he's always asking his sensei and he's always trying to figure out how to do it quicker or figure out a different way. And the sensei, in every single lesson, every single chapter, says, slow down, here's how we do it, stick with the basics. So if you really want to blow up, you do what we say. So if it's Monday VIPs, you don't question that. And if you're doing it not that way, then you change it if you want to blow up. Thank you, sensei. Makes sense? Cool. <laughs> Anybody else? Yes, next we do have Dina. Your line is open. Dina. Hi, Patrick. This is Dina in the Seattle market. Can you hear me? Seattle market. I can hear you. It's raining in the background, though, isn't it? <laughs> okay, perfect. Um, well, my question for you, uh, Patrick, is um, if you'd be open to sharing an example of your process videos and some of the content that you share, such as like a video when a client gets into a uh, contract and their offer gets accepted and what's next for them. Yep, I, we're, we have a videographer that we're doing right now. We've shot two of them. We have three more that we're doing. So by Wednesday of next week, whatever date that is, the concierge will have all five of mine. Okay, so, perfect. And um, if you have time, is, um, I have a follow-up question on a Popeye. Absolutely. So um, I was just wondering uh, if you do Popeyes, and if so, um, what do you bring and what do you um, say, as well as um, who do you Popeye, since you have a lot of people in your VIP and your phase list. Mm -hmm. So I want to see all of my builders and all of my business people as much as I possibly can. 
So a pop by for me is going by my CPA's office or my insurance person's office or my loan officer's office or my financial planner's office. And sometimes I'll pop by with nothing or sometimes I'll pop by on purpose. Sometimes I'll get them a little gift. But what ends up happening is it sounds like it's by accident, but I have one of those RP1 marketing people that make sure that I'm seeing the people on purpose. So there's a few things that we do um, where these people will naturally just hear from me. So for example, we do a big client party twice a year. We do a happy hour once a month. I do cheesy gifts, okay. like dumb little cheesy gifts once a month. So we'll do like January coming up or, or February coming up. We were just talking about it. We're going to do like a bunch of candies in a basket that are like red and pink themed for Valentine's Day. So I'm going to go and drop off this candy basket to all my business partners and all my builders. So we do those once a month. She's in charge for, uh, to make sure that I do eight just random gifts. And when I mean random, I'm like straight up telling you random. It's not birthday. It's not because you close with me. It's just, wow, this is a cool thing, so I'm going to get it randomly for them. It's called a random gift, but my RP1, my marketing person, makes sure that I'm hitting them on purpose. So I don't take care of those details, but my marketing person does. Make sense? So yeah, when I start doing all of these things that the core talks about, it seems like it's just a random pop-by, but honestly, it never is random. It's always on purpose. Okay. Does that kind of answer the question? Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much. Cool. Right on. Anybody else? Yes, looks like we do have Trudy. Your line is open. Trudy. Thank you. Uh, hi. Hi. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. My question is, oh, great. My question is, uh, with a geographic farm, you said to start with a 1,000. What if you're starting fresh in a new area? Uh, would 300 make sense, or that's a waste of cool. time? <clears throat> so I, I do 1,000. I didn't say start with 1,000. Start with an area that makes sense for you, right? So if it's 300, it's 300. If it's 500, it's 500. If it's 1,000, it's 1,000, whatever it is. So mine just happens to be it's actually like 900 and some change. I don't know what it is. But, um, but yeah, so it doesn't necessarily matter the number. Um, I have had some students that have like huge gigantic farms and they've been doing it for a long time. So I'm like, continue with that. But my thoughts are 300 is probably as light as you want to go. I probably wouldn't want to go anything less than that because when you're doing a geographic farm, um, you can't expect to sell every single house that's going to be in there, even if you've been farming it like crazy for 10 years, right? Because people are going to have a relationship with people like me who are in relationship with them. So no matter who's farming the community, they'll still use their realtor. But um, 300 would be as, li as light as I'd want to go. And I wouldn't want to go much more over 1,000 unless you have just been farming and it makes sense for you. Okay. Does that answer I'm the sorry, question for you? It, it does, but it's a two-part. I'm so sorry. A second part That's okay. that. Um, how about if there's two areas, should I just stick with one area or the two areas that I'm most heavy in? If it makes sense for you, Kendra Cook, one of the best realtors of all time had a very small sales price in an area of Nashville, and she literally moved to an area that was a higher dollar sales price and started farming the higher dollar, but she didn't want to leave the lower dollar people either. So when she moved, she still farmed the old area and farmed the new area. So the answer is yes, she can do both, as long as you're consistently you. doing it all the time. Okay, thanks so much. Cool. Absolutely. Stephanie, who else I got? At this time, there are no additional callers in the question. No more. I guess I'm doing a really good job, or I'm just boring everybody to death, and they fell off the call. Just kidding. Everybody's still on. All right. So as I talked about the five-day calling plan, 
and somebody had a question in the beginning about time management, that is probably something that we'll always struggle with all of the time. But what I can tell you is, from my experience learning six and a half years ago, being a sole practitioner, not having a team, uh, two years ago thinking that my team would do everything for me, even lead generation, and I got really screwed up and really in trouble with Rick. I'm telling you, he was yelling at me a lot. Um, I've been through it all, and all I know is that the most important part of my day when I come to the office is my five-day calling plan. It's the most basic, consistent thing that we can do to literally dominate the sales in our marketplace. If every single day I said the most important thing is for an hour and a half, no distractions, making sure that I'm making that theme day call with the result in mind, you will win. On Mondays, I call all my VIPs. I'm trying to enhance our relationship by asking them about the weekend, and the result in mind is I'm trying to get them to send me a potential lead or commit to sending me a lead. On Tuesdays, so I'll give you an example of what the Monday looks like. It would be like me calling up my buddy Tom. He's my financial planner. How was the weekend? I can't believe he's a UT guy. I can't believe that University of Texas beat Georgia. It's still blowing my mind. I just think you guys got lucky, and I'll make a little fun of him. It got lucky. Georgia should have won. And he'll give me some stuff, and we'll go back and forth because we're in a good relationship. And I'll say, hey, it's the beginning of the new year. I literally i am going to take over the world, but I know I cannot do it without you. You're a VIP in my life, and I need your commitment right now, Tom. Can I have your commitment? He'll say, what do you need me to commit to? I'll say, I need your commitment to send me four buyers or sellers this year. So I'm asking him for business all the time, but obviously we're in a deep relationship. I can ask him that. Tuesdays, I call all my current clients. I give them an update. One of two things can happen. I give them an update, and I solve a problem because they're mad. That's the first thing I can do. Or I give them an update, and they're happy, and everything's going smooth. If the number two is happening and everything's smooth, I say, hey, in two weeks when you close, I'm going to be unemployed. I need somebody else. Can you commit to sending me a buyer or seller? So I'm asking them for business. Wednesdays, I call all my leads. I'm calling every lead. I track them. I don't care if it was from two years ago or five years ago or yesterday. I'm calling all the leads. If they're a listing, my sole result that I have in mind is to schedule an appointment for me to visit them at their house. If I can get into their house, I'm getting that listing. If they're a buyer, my sole opportunity is to schedule a buyer's consultation at my office. If I can get into my office, they're buying a house with me. Thursdays, I call my favorites list and my letter of the week. My favorites list is very similar to the VIP. Give them a little bit of a hard time. I like them. I see what's happening. I ask them what's happening with their new year, what their uh, new year's resolutions are. I share what mine is, and I ask them. I say, hey, can you help me out this year? I'm trying to have my best year ever. You're one of my favorite people in my entire life, so I need your help. I need you to commit to sending me a buyer or seller this year. So my favorites don't have the capacity to send me multiple ones like my VIPs do, so I just ask for one deal. Same thing with the letter of the heart. Uh, I'm sorry, letter of the week. Letter of the week call. So first week of the year, I'm calling all the A's. So I call uh, Mr. Abrams up. Mr. Abrams, I am so sorry. He's like, what do you mean? Well, obviously, I'm Patrick Conway, Conway Realty Group. I know that you know that, but I like to reintroduce myself because I think I've been doing a horrible job. Um, you were one of my best clients of all time. You bought a house with me three years ago. I know we talk seldomly, but I just think we need to talk more. How's the house? Did you do some of those improvements that we were talking about? Mr. Abrams, I got to tell you, I literally sold a house in your neighborhood 
and they bought it three years ago similarly to you, and I sold it for 25% more than what they bought it for. It's pretty amazing. So would you like me to give you a free market analysis on your house? Cool, I'll do that for you, no problem. Mr. Abrams, the other thing that I want to do is ask you for one question, one favor. Of course, what do you need? I need you to send me one buyer or seller this year, and they have to be like you because you were literally, you and Mrs. Abrams, I just need more clients like you. You understood what was going on. You played by the rules. You're literally my favorite clients of all time. Can you do that for me? <coughs> Excuse me. So I'm having those conversations when I'm calling the letter of the week. And when I'm doing that, I'm asking for business all the time. Fridays, I've got my business partners and my builders. I have a target list that I'm keeping track of, so it's not really a cold call. It's somebody that I want to be in relationship with or heard about or know. I give them some honor, and I ask them for a meeting. Hey, I heard that you're one of the best CPAs of all time. I have a lot of clients that are coming in from out of town right now. There's literally 145 people a day moving to San Antonio, and they need new referral partners. They need new CPAs. They need local guys, and I heard that you're awesome. Let's sit down for a cup of coffee and talk about how we can make some money. Then I go to that meeting, and if I do those things, I am loaded up with prospecting activities. I'm asking for business so much that leads are coming in, and I am just dominating. So the number one rule of time management is to make sure that you're on that five-day calling plan, and if you do that with those scripts, you will literally dominate. The last thing that I'm going to tell you is that you should, I've already hinted at it, but you should work off of a to-do list. Every time you have a to-do list, you should prioritize the to-do list. Bear with me now because this is going to be a tiny bit confusing, but just uh, if you have 10 things on a list, the first thing that you're going to do is go to number one. And I want you to compare number one with items two through 10. And when you're comparing the two, you're going to ask yourself, which one makes you the most money or saves you the most time? Whichever one does, you put a check mark next to it. <coughs> Excuse me. When I compare number one to number two, number one to number three, number one to number four, and so on, then I go to the second thing on the list. Then I compare number two to number three, and number two to number four, and number two to number five. And then I go to number three, and I compare number three to number four, number three to number five, and number three to number six, and so on and so forth. So basically, I'm comparing every single thing on my to-do list to every other thing on the to-do list, and each of them will have a whole bunch of check marks depending on which one saved me the most money, um, saved me the most time, or made me the most money. At the end of that exercise, if you have 10 things, it'll probably take you a couple minutes to do it. At the end of that exercise, um, one of them will have a whole bunch of checks. The one with the most checks you do first. The one with the second most checks you do next. The one with the third most checks you do number third thing on the list. Make sense? So if you prioritize if you priority pair your list of things to do, you will always do the thing that you should do next. So the five-day-a-week calling plan and prioritize pair your to-do list, you'll be winning when it comes to time management. So I'll open it up for some Q&A. Uh, hit star one. We'll open it up for Q&A here. I know the call is just now coming to an end, but I'll stay five minutes if you have a bunch of questions. Uh, the last thing that I want to tell you, I've got little kids in my life. Little kids are awesome. If you know my story, in a two-year period of time, me and my wife went through 11 surgeries and a whole bunch of agonizing pain and craziness and the most money I've ever spent in my life. We literally spent out-of-pocket $230,000 to an in vitro specialist, but I have a four-year-old daughter and one-and-a-half-year-old twin boys, and they're like my everything. When I was a little kid and now that they're little kids, I want them to be the best whatever it is that they're going to do. If they're in, they better be all in. 
And I think that we were all raised that way as well, and we were little kids. I wanted to be the best basketball player. I wanted to be the best athlete. I wanted to be the best baseball player. I wanted to be the best at everything that I ever wanted to do. And somewhere along the lines, we grow up, and we think that mediocrity is okay. And I just think if you're going to be mediocre, this is definitely not the place for you. Please exit real estate because you ain't no good. If you're going to be in real estate, you're a salesperson. If you're going to be in real estate away from your family and away from things that you should be doing, then you need to figure out a way to maximize what you can make and be elite all the time. And elite doesn't mean, hey, i got to be Patrick Conway doing 300 deals. You just be the best version of you that you can be. So get mediocre out of there and be elite all the time. Stephanie, who do we have in the question queue? Naomi, your line is open. Thank you. How are Naomi. You? Yes. Okay. What's up, girl? Yeah, so a couple of questions. Um, how? Is this Naomi that I know from Jersey? This is Naomi Stryker, New York. Ah, how are you doing, girl? Okay. Um, all right, so I have a question. Um, when you have, is it okay to, sh to for two people to share um, an assistant? What do you think? I want to know what you think. I think no. I think if they're going to work for me, they work for me. They play by my rules. They jump. When I say jump, I pay them. They're loyal to me. I don't want you loyal to somebody else. You work for me, and we're going to take over the world together. I don't want you to have two bosses. In the book, Chop Wood, Carry Water, which I know you wrote, does John have one sensei or two senseis? I uh, hear. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. Every, okay. every semester, do you have one coach or two coaches? You get one. That's right. Cool. Makes sense. One leader. Right. You're the leader. You take That's them right. from the other person. You don't share anybody. Got it. Next question I had is the um, when do you make these calls? If you're calling down all your A's and you're doing it for two hours, what time are you doing this? What time do you block out? You're starting to overthink it. So I used to time block between 9.30 and 11 every single day, and it was a blanket time block in my calendar. And my employees would see the blanket time block, and my wife would see the blanket time block, and I would see it as well. And after a while, it was just every day between 9.30 and 11. Patrick's supposed to be making these calls, but it's okay to trump that and put something else in the calendar. He'll make up for it later. So now my RP1 that controls my calendar, every single day at the end of the day, she puts in for the next day whenever I'm supposed to be doing my power hour. So sometimes it's first thing in the morning. Sometimes it's at 10 o'clock. Sometimes it's at 4.30 in the afternoon. I don't care when it is. I care that it's done. Sometimes we overthink it. Do you leave messages or you just, or that's it? Absolutely. I leave awesome gangster messages. Like they're very, very good and I get really passionate and pumped up and uh, I just leave them. Naomi! It's Patrick Conway. I'm trying to call you. I cannot believe that you didn't answer the phone because I had this crazy awesome thing to tell you. I'm just telling you, you got to call me back. I got a question for you and I also have some information that I got to give you. Call me back. Here's my number. That'd be a good message, right? This is a great, great thing. Thank you. You're welcome. Anybody else, Steph? Yes, we have a follow-up from Ty. Your line is open. Ty. Hey, hey. You can call me Ty. He's trying to be all on the call on his birthday. Go have a birthday cake. You know what? I did. I had enough cake. Manesh told me I had to lose 26 pounds, man. So, look, oh. I can't have too much cake. I know. Do it. So by the What's summer, your question? I got to lose 26 pounds. Hey, brother. Man, I just wanted to just say thank you. I appreciate you. I want to. Cool. This is a great call. This is an awesome call. It wasn't really a follow-up question, dude. I was just super stoked still. So I took a lot of right notes. Right on. About two pages of notes.
love it. That's good. I'm glad I could be of value to you. All right, man. I'm going to call you later and sing you a real happy birthday because I'm like a professional singer. You know that, right? I'll see you later. Anybody else, Stephanie? Yes, we do have a few callers that just joined the queue. Do you have time to take those questions? I got plenty of time for everybody in the core. <laughs> okay, just one moment, sir. Okay, next we do have Danielle. Your line is open. Danielle, what can I do you for? Hey. <laughs> well, I'm just listening to kind of your setup with your, I mean, we're obviously new. Um, just listening to how you set up your RP1s and your RP2s, and mm -hmm. it sounds like we're completely backwards. So I just wanted to see, I mean, we do about 150 transactions a year, and we have one secretary. And you're talking about wow. nobody should share assistance. What recommendation would you make? Well, the vision behind what we do in the core is simply every – so I have a big team, and I do have some salespeople. I have six salespeople that are out there hitting the pavement, and they're helping buyers. Um, every single person that they have as a buyer is my client. So when they have a buyer, they bring them to our office for a buyer's consultation. I meet them, and I let them know that they're my client. And I say, hey, you're my client. But Veronica is going to be showing you all these houses. She's going to take really good care of you. She's your on-the-ground realtor, but you're doing business with me. Veronica works for me. When you get under contract, Chris is really going to take great care of you. Minnie's really going to take great care of you. Here's how our team works. But at the end of the day, I'm the boss. I am your ultimate realtor, so you're working with me. So at milestones throughout the process, they get calls from me. When they go under contract, they get a call from me. Wow, it was great. I can't believe that Veronica got you that house so quick. Um, it was like a couple of days ago, a couple, couple of weeks ago, and we sat down for our buyer's consultation. I looked at the house. I can't believe we got the deal. That's awesome. Congratulations. They get past their inspection period. I call them. Wow. Mindy got you through the inspection period. No problem. I know they're going to do this and that for the house. Seems like it's in really great shape. I'm so excited for you guys. I just wanted to call and say thank you for doing business with me. A week before closing, I call them. Hey, couple speed bumps that we got over, weird thing with the survey. I know we got the title company thing worked out. I know Minnie's working hard for you. I know Veronica told me a couple things, but it sounds like we're over that. How are we doing for you? Awesome. In a week, you're going to be closed. I just wanted to say I appreciate you. I'm literally going to be at closing with you guys, so I'm going to be there with a gift. So I'll see you in a week. And then I show up to closing with a gift, and I give it to them. So every client is my client. That's the mentality and the vision that you should have for your business because it's the most profitable. Okay. When that's happening, I cannot do all the transactional things. Veronica, who is out there showing in the houses, cannot do all the transactional things. So I start hiring the people to do the $11 an hour stuff instead of the $11 a minute stuff. When I'm making those honor calls to that client, that's the, that's the gold $11 a minute stuff for sure. That phone call is definitely worth $11. Does that make sense? That makes sense. So when you're first starting, now, if your business is operating at a different level and a different vision than that, that's okay. If you really want to get profitable, you would change it. And it's not going to change overnight. And when you're listening to calls like this or you're at a summit or you're on level one or two or three, it doesn't matter what level, sometimes it's like drinking from a fire hose. And you're drowning. <laughs> you're like, how am I going to do this? 
But I'm just telling you there's a gigantic elephant in front of you, and you have to eat it, and you just eat it one bite at a time. When you have a coach and you have some guidance, we tell you what baby steps to do, and down the road you're going to be like, wow, I've transformed my entire business, and now I've got my life back. I've got life balance. I've got a ton of money in the bank. I'm way more profitable than I ever have been. This is great, and you can do it because I've done it, and I'm a knucklehead. Awesome. <laughs> cool? Thank you. Yeah. Cool. Absolutely. Anybody else, stuff? Yes, next we have Anna. Your line is open. Anna. Hi, Anna. Hey, can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay, awesome. Hey, I just want to say you're doing an awesome job. This is actually my first call. I have a lender that um, is doing coaching, and so he threw me the number to call, and he's like, you got to join on in these calls if you can. And it was Cool, who's your lender? Uh, Al Nelson out of Wisconsin. Right on. With yeah, so seriously, you're amazing. Everything that you're saying, he's like, at least just take one thing. And I probably, I have like five pages of things that I took from you. So you're you doing an amazing job. five pages, figure out the one that's going to make you the most money and save you the most time, do that one first. Yes, yes. And that's I'm that's what I needed because my time management is, I have five children and a couple <clears throat> hockey players. And it's, it's pretty crazy, so I do. I uh, I definitely needed this leverage for sure wow. for my business. And wait, I'm so I'm so grateful. I thought I had a ton of kids, and I have two and a half or three. I don't know. I'm still trying to I, count, but I, five. I, that's a ton. You're doing a great job. Well, and honestly, I went through the fertility thing too with you. I actually shouldn't have even had any children. So my kids, they're all miracles. The ones that I do have, and wow, we're amazing. It's crazier, yeah. So, but. I'm I'm right there with you where you know things are bad and you can you can make the change and it's definitely it's you're living proof of it and I can't wait for my story to be caught up to yours. <laughs> right on. Well, if you like what I'm saying, you should get more involved. I'm in San Antonio and the next yeah. summit in May is in San Antonio at the JW Merritt. I hope to see you there. Oh heck yeah! I'm gonna talk to Al and find out what I got to do to get tickets because I do definitely it. will come. It's gonna be very very good. Super impactful. Awesome. Greatest thing that ever changed my life was being a part of those summits and getting involved with the course. So I'm glad you like it. Oh, I'm so grateful. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Tomas, your line is open. Tomas. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Great. Just wondering um, if you will be so kind of sharing um, what would be a good CRM uh, to use for our business. Now, you're not going to like my answer because this is a great question that I get all the time. I'm going to tell you what I use, and I told you I'm simple and I'm basic and I'm not too smart, right? My CRM and the lists that I were describing are literally on Excel, Microsoft okay. Excel. And I've got an assistant that prints out my call list on Mondays, and I carry him with me every single day of the week, and I make sure I call them, and I literally hand check them off when they're done. But it's Excel and an assistant in the greatest drip program of all time is me making the calls that I'm supposed to make and seeing the people I'm supposed to see. I'm simple and basic. I don't care if it's Microsoft Outlook or Top Producer or some fancy new thing that came out. Nobody beats me being the drip program. There's no drip program that's better than you, Tomas. So keep it simple. Do whatever it is. Make it more simple, but it's got to be all about you and not some electronic email that goes out that people hit delete on. You know what I'm saying? I hear you. I, I do not have any, and that's the reason why I'm asking because you are the first one that cool. I listen. Simple the better. You put them in the top producer. You like that? Cool. 
Don't spend a bunch of time on it. Don't overthink it. Just make it easy. The easiest thing for me is where I can print out labels very quickly so I can physically mail those letter of the hearts and evidence of successes to them. It's something where I can print out and say, hey, I want to call the A's this week. Can I print it out? Cool. For me, Excel is the easiest to do that. Beautiful. Thank you. Right on. Anybody else? Yes, we do have Valeda. Your line is open. Valeda, I like your name. Oh, thank you, Patrick. Patrick, I want to say uh, thank you for the call. Thank you for uh, lending your wisdom with us all. But I wanted to ask you a question regarding when you're a first-time realtor. Um, You've been less than a year. You have have had, um, say, at least five sales um, not approaching your first year. What could you help them to get to where you at, even if it's small steps? Cool. I can definitely give you that because it wasn't too long ago where I was doing no business. Six and a half years ago, I was doing no business. And I got to tell you, it's not my wisdom. I appreciate the good, kind words, but I'm just a really good sponge and learn from better people than me, and I'm just able to regurgitate what they told me. So it's not my wisdom. It's borrowed from other better people. Um, When you're first starting out, I would definitely do this. I'd go through all my phone contacts. I'd go through my Snapchat and LinkedIn and my Facebooks and anywhere where I have friends. I'd go through my Rolodex, whatever you got, and I would do the grocery store test on all those people. And I'd make sure that I've got them all on a list, everybody that would pass that grocery store test. And the first thing I would do is write a letter, and I guess you could deem it a letter of the heart, but you're talking about real estate and why you're passionate about it, what really makes you tick. And I would probably say, like, hey, I'm so involved in this stuff that I'm on this great coaching program where I got exposure to this really great realtor and I'm learning and I'm literally going to take over the world with real estate, but I can't do it without your help. So if you know anybody that wants to buy or sell a house, get permission for me to call them and I'll take great care of them. I'm going to be the best at this, but I'm not going to do it without you. And I put two cards in there and I say, I put two cards in here, one for you and one to refer me. Okay. So that's the first step that you take. You send that letter out to all those people and then you call every single one of them. Did you get my letter? Did you get my letter? And that's how you start. Okay. Thank you. Any other question with that? Cool. Stephanie? At this time, there are no additional callers in the question. Awesome. I appreciate everybody. Thank you very much. Go crush it. 2019, best year ever. I'll see you later. This concludes today's conference. You may disconnect the line at this time.